Hello, this is Kelly McGee, and today's date is August the 29th, 2020. And I have a uh, statement from Sasha Stone in regard to the California wildfires. You know, there is such energy activated with that conversation that you had with the Australian warrior, Sasha. We're following up and bringing in energy from where I am here in the States, uh, getting an update from what's happening in California on the front lines. We call this one California on fire and just and, you know, honor respect to all the people out there that are fighting fires. But we're really talking about this fire that we're fighting uh, for humanity, for freedom. And so, Renette, you've been one of our seminal voices standing out as the mayor, previous mayor of Nevada City, one of the most awesome places on the planet. Um, And your courage and your bravery and your persistence is really getting a lot of people activated. So we're bringing some new voices in the conversation. We have Cordy, Dr. Cordy back. But Carlos, you had an amazing uh, speech that went viral. We're really happy to be having you on. And Tara, I've been following you and the Freedom Angels and what you've been doing with the vaccine movement and you know, empowering mamas for even before this pandemic rolled out. So super excited to connect with you and have you on. With that, Sasha, I'm gonna hand it over to you to uh, activate this next level awareness of anyone that may still be sleeping here in, in America. So with that, I'll hand it over to you. Thank you. Um, greetings, uh, friends, uh, uh, Dr. Cordy Williams, good to see you again, brother. Tara uh, Thornton, lovely to meet you. and. Um, uh, Carlos Zapata, great to meet you too, brother. And Raynette, always, always an absolute joy. Um, I think that's all of us on, on the panel today. Um, California on fire. Um, it appears that um, we're dealing with with weapon systems, and that's certainly my concern on the matter. We went into this a great deal about a, a year and a half ago. Uh, we were looking at this myself, Robert David Steele, and other uh, research activists were um, studying this from a, a scientific and uh, weapons development uh, point of view. It's pretty crystal clear to our minds that that's what we're dealing with. There is also an intersect with 5G, which an expert, a weapons expert like Mark Steele, would actually speak to that. And I'd certainly be bringing him into the next uh, to the next panel when we take this particular uh, particular dialogue forward. Um, but the 5G and the smart metering, all of that stuff connected to the paradise fires was something which was absolute. We're quite clear in our own minds about the nefarious nature of what's going on. This is economics warfare. Uh, this is this is a very uh, a critical and serious matter. Uh, I'm no expert on it, and I'm actually looking forward to learning uh, more uh, from this panel. But I'm going to start by inviting um, our uh, uh, erstwhile mayor of Nevada a City and erstwhile councillor, who's now a professional uh, frontline activist. And what a joy it is for our ranks to count you amongst us. Uh, Renette uh, Sinem, please uh, you, give us some background so on the status quo. Thank you so very much. Uh, it's so great to meet you, Carlos. I saw your video as well that went viral, and it was so inspiring. Thank you for giving hell to our county supervisors who are really um, the ones holding us hostage here. And Amani, thank you for organizing. Tara, I've been working with you. And Cordy, it's great to, to continue to be connected with you. Um, yeah, so here we are in California, front lines. Uh, Sasha, we saw your 
amazing interview uh, from Australia. My um, brother lives there. And I'm very concerned with what's going on. And it seems like they are kind of leading the way as far as what our future is going to look like in a matter of a few weeks. Um, what's been happening here in, in California is also highly alarming. Uh, just recently, our own governor decided to go off the tracks and say he's no longer going to listen to the CDC and the WHO, and that he's going to have his own team, and he's going to do more testing, and they're just going to do what they want to do, um, because it looks like maybe the CDC and the WHO are starting to back off a little bit, and instead, California seems to be putting the, 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 you know, the pedal on them pedal to the metal. So uh, I think the biggest thing I can speak to right now is, yes, we do have fires going on. Uh, I'm always suspicious of these type of fires. Yeah, we had an immense lightning storm, um, but it didn't look natural. In fact, people had never seen anything like it. So I get concerned about uh, war tactics, proxy wars. You know, we have food wars, banking wars, right? Uh, you know, medicine wars. And it uh, looks like we're having uh, fire being, being a, a weapon as well. Um, but in the meantime, one of the biggest developments here in California is that schools have gone back. And I went off the rails yesterday on Facebook and started um, posting all the different photographs here and in California and even our own county, where they are forcing these poor children to wear masks, which do absolutely nothing to protect them. And then when you look at the online course with Dr. Fauci there, acting like the grandfather, explaining to the children online why they should be very afraid of the virus and they should be afraid of their, their friends and students and that they have to be very careful. Otherwise, they will go back home and basically infect their parents and their grandparents. I had... I, 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 I shot through the roof when I saw that yesterday morning. I shot through the roof. And they are also now requiring parents to sign a waiver saying that they will not look over the shoulders of their children when they're doing their online courses. They don't want the parents to hear the indoctrination of their children. So there's a couple of things that we, I'd like to talk about, which I think we should really look at as far as formulating our plans. The first thing is, and this is something that Dr. Pamela Popper said the other day when we were having a Zoom conference uh, that just called all of us Sasha, and this really stuck with me, and I've mentioned this to a few friends, like, yeah, you're right, and this is it, and it's really important to remember, and that is that for a long time now, for many months, people have been sitting on the fence, as Pamela Popper said, people have been sitting on the fence, wait and see approach, and they're now starting to drop off the fence like flies, because they've seen enough information, they've traveled far enough down this road to see Things aren't adding up and they're not falling off the fence to the other side in favor of these lockdowns and, and all these sanctions against us. They're actually falling down on our side of the fence saying we're not buying this anymore. So it's it's a tidal wave. So, of course, as you can imagine, you're going to have your elected officials and your governor trying to ratchet it up even more because of that. They're they're sensing it, too. Well, I did get a um, on one of my Facebook pes um, um, uh, posts yesterday. God bless her, uh, Peggy Hall. She responded to me because I was showing, you know, what was going on in our own schools. Kids with masks on in this little container around their desk. And they're like, well, they're just being, they're being tested. So they have to see each other. I'm like, I don't care. They're in a cube with a mask and they're being terrorized for God's sake. You only need to do this for a few days or a couple of weeks. And the children, you're going you're gonna to absolutely impact their spirits for the rest of their lives and their soul. So what Peggy had recommended, it was grand juries go to the grand jury, the civil grand jury, and actually request they do a grand jury investigation on the schools. And I will include, we should do it on the counties. We must now demand that these decisions being made up by the school administrators and the county executives is backed up by the data. So that's one big thing I'd say, Shasta, Mount Shasta, all the way down to Southern California, start going to your grand juries, 
have the public bombard them with your information. You send a cover letter, you put in all your information saying, this is why we think you need to do a grand jury investigation and get on it now. That's the first thing. The other thing that I think is really important, and this was pointed out to me, by the way, from um, Supervisor, Placer County Supervisor Kirk Euler, who's been doing a fantastic job doing uh, live streams, showing you the data that our counties and our, our director of public health departments are hiding from us. And what he simply showed was over the course of the last five months, all the different deaths, about 1,700, mostly heart disease, mostly cancer, more accidents, more anything than COVID. So what we need to do here in California, it's not a Freedom of Information request. It's a California Public Records Act request. We need to go to the county, to the health department, and begin to demand right now, you need to give us the context of this COVID narrative, this false narrative, and you need to show us the deaths in this county in the last five months. And we actually want to see what the deaths really are. So there's that. The other thing is you need to start requesting. We want more information on the context of the COVID deaths themselves, as well as the symptomatic versus asymptomatic positive cases. What we have discovered through this whole entire time, despite our demands to give us more information, is our COVID um, dashboard with the county only gives you little tiny tidbits of information and it's all there to induce fear out of you. We need to demand the full context in all those numbers. And then um, I think that's probably the biggest thing uh, is, is really we, people are there, they're teetering on the fence, they're ready to go off. And what we need to do right now is give them just enough of that information, hard factual information to just send them off, off the uh, off boards. Okay, very good. I mean, I, I, I don't want to diminish at all all that you're saying I think is entirely relevant. And to go through the, and to go through the, the, the various channels um, to challenge and apprehend uh, the establishment, I think, is is, is, is righteous and, and proper and needful. But I, I also want to bring the argument down to the street level, um, to the domestic level. What does a mother or a father do if a um, if, 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 if somebody knocks on the front door, walks in, starts to suffocate your child, um, deplete the oxygen of your child? Um, you would shoot them in the face. Um, in, in, in simple terms, you would shoot them in the face if you had a gun. Right. What, what, how do you address with institutional child abuse? We're, we're coming out of a cycle of ritual sacrifice of innocence, blood cultism, war, disease, and poverty, the cornerstone of our godless uh, social ecology. We're coming out of a cycle of, of Roman Catholic pedophilic priesthoods and other churches being pulled into the sway of pedophilia and child abuse institutionally rape farms in monasteries and nunneries all this stuff is already surfacing coming out in uh, tribunals in special commissions all around the world we're coming out of that for the love of god and we're now having this kind of tiptoe tyranny come into the lives of, of, of suburban pedestrian families and institutionalized child abuse and the suffocation of human beings. That's what is really happening at the street level. I've got to bring uh, Dr. Cordy Williams in because he's only got a few minutes uh, for this, this particular uh, live broadcast. Cordy, you're a frontliner, you're a veteran, and you're a doctor. You're uniquely positioned uh, to speak to this particular uh, little chapter of Armageddon that you're facing in California. Please take the floor for five minutes. 
Well, I think, you know, uh, uh, first of all, you know, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate everybody on this call. Um, some of you guys I've texted, been on the phone with, and um, you all have big hearts and, and big hearts for humanity, and it's a real honor, and I mean that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating what's happening. Um, you know, I think it's wonderful. There are people in this group that are, that are you know, like Lee Dundas and others and, and uh, Renette and, and just Peggy Hall, people that are doing stuff from a judicial level. Um, I think that's important. Um, I don't have the patience for that. I mean, to be real frank, um, uh, and, and that, that to me is one of the, the long-term um, things that we need to be actively working on. I think in addition, um, you know, just pardon me for saying, we gotta turn the state red. I think that is so important. I think that different groups kind of mobilizing their people and their time and their money to really get behind candidates that are, you know, haven't been in the swamp for years, whether that be on a national level or state level, I think that's really important because you know we've got a 30 or 40 year dynasty of Pelosi's and Gettys and and uh, Newsoms and um, that that whole um, dynasty, if you want to call it that, of destruction and tyranny. And you know, so that's why I just really think everybody needs to to be behind the recall. And the first question when I talk about the recall is, well, who's going to be next? Who's going to get in that person's place? I mean, I mean, anything would be better. I think, right? I think the first step is getting a change, you know, app, you know, actually opening up um, the spots for, for various names to get in there and then let the people decide. I think the people have had enough mayhem, destruction, homelessness, crime, sanctuary cities. We could go on and on and on and not enough focus on, well, what's, what's Dick Pan doing? I don't even call him Richard. I call him Dick, Dick Pan. What is he doing and, and how's that impacting the lives of our kids and our children? Because that's a beta test of what's, what's yet to come with, with, uh, with the, the scam virus and the shots related to that. Um, so, so that's my two cents. I think the big thing is, you know, I'd like to call on everybody's support for the recall. Warren Heatley's doing a great job uh, with the recall. A guy like was a, a police chief sheriff for like 30 years. You know, um, you know, he's got his AARP car, Medicaid, Medicaid, Medicare card. No, I'm joking. I got to say that about Orange. But, but he's a great guy. Run, runs a really tight operation. Um, they've got some really serious backers involved. Um, I think they're going to do it, and I've been heavily involved in that. And I think they're going to do it. There's a high probability they will. And anything that that um, everybody on this call could do to support time, money, followers, whatever you can do, you can go to Recall Gavin 2020. Dot com um, and really help out because, you know, Adolph Newsom is going to run for the White House in 2024 and then he's going to be everybody's problem. Yeah. So thank thank you. Thank you, Dr. Cordy, very much indeed. You know, one of the one of the good things that a seasoned pundit like myself can see emerging out of this particular theatrical production that's being uh, flicked in our face by a, a dying establishment which is what this whole Corona COVID um, orchestration is. We all know it's it's uh, it's outright tyranny. We all know it's it's economic meltdown with an attempt to reconstitute a new quantum whatever global financial system controlled by the same Babylonian priests who, who brought us to rack and ruin in the last Ponzi scheme. We all know the establishment only ever uh, sets out to preserve uh, its 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 own game. We know all of that. But I, I genuinely see as a seasoned pundit, an analyst of these things, that we are going to see the dissemblage of government proper. 
meaning to say the fictitious aspect of the parent corporation, the globalists, the transnational Babylonian priesthood that have controlled uh, for 2,000 odd years um, uh, the, the, the fictionalizing of our reality. Because that's really what we're being faced with. We're all variously spiritualized beings. We are, we're all people of faith here. We're, we're all connected to our, to our divine aspect. We're seeing a breakdown of the parent corporation. We're seeing Cronus, the crown, the state, going through a death rattle. And, and that's why it is, it, is, it, is, it is summoning all its might, which is what you do in a death rattle. And it gets really spooky and nothing makes sense. And that the old Illuminati language of helter skelter, the old checkerboard, the old old ordo ab chaos. For God's sake, people, it's written on your dollar bill. You know, this is all orchestration, uh, and we're we're seeing an end to that. I believe we're going to see a reconstitution of auto determination, decentralized governance, um, ag, 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 you know, a return to um, uh, agro, agricultural based economies, resource based economies, contributionism, and so on. That's that's on the on the back end of this tunnel. But right now, we're all taking a frontline uh, aspect. We're all taking a measure of responsibility for the soft demolition of what we're going through. Uh, Tara, please uh, uh, just introduce yourself very briefly to our audience, which who haven't seen your your beautiful aspect. And please uh, take the floor for a few minutes and tell us what you feel about the status quo. Hi, thank you. Yes, my name is Tara, and I'm a co-founder of a group called the Freedom Angels. We formed last year in California, fighting um, actually the takeover of public health and um, on and forced vaccinations. And I, I will say, I and I also have another group I'm a co-founder of called Urban Global Health Alliance. And um, I've been working on this issue for five or six years, and I can tell you, um, it's actually a beautiful moment in time because as you've spoke Sasha for 2000 years we've been under a control agenda an agenda of idea of what our humanity is and what our sovereignty and what this existence is about and until March of this year um, it was like putting your finger in a dam trying to stop it and what's happened it really is a great awakening um since in the last six months and i you know you might know i travel around working um building community i don't even want to call it organizing it's traditionally called activism or organizing but building community because that's really what it is um and what i found across the board is that those that have come to a realization of the agenda at hand have really um, realized one of the most important things in life, and that is what is the moment before me? And every one of them is holding a place so strong inside themselves that they realize the pivotal direction humanity can take right now. And that really our solutions, creating the solutions, the sovereign solutions that you were just speaking about are our ultimate weapon against the system of control that we do not want to be part in. So that's actually the beautiful part that we've been forced into seeing how we have bought into a structure of control that has determined how we raise our children, how we educate, how we interface with work, how we interface with the spiritual connection to God and creation. And that, um, that, that awakening and realization and knowing the moment we're in has given us now the power and has forced us. It's literally the beautiful 
end of compelling has forced us to find the solutions that um, that we will reimagine what it means to be alive, to be a human. Um, and that is, for example, with our children in school is one way to, t- is to talk about it is now we're realizing that we really are the ones that can advocate best for our children. No one knows better than us. And that it's on, it's our duty and responsibility to protect them and to create the world for them. And so like, for example, with Freedom Angels, we work um, from the boots, you know, on the ground up, trying to create the solutions and models and show parents how to do it. A lot of times, um, whether it be a protest or a new way of homeschooling or a way of changing how, you know, your perceptions on how you do it, we do actually live stream a lot. I want to kind of bring this up because it's really important with all the censorship for people to not be shamed to speak the most deep and meaningful version, the rawest truth of what you're experiencing. Because when you do that, you connect right into where everyone else is really living right now, where they can move to change. And if you're going to a, um, a school board meeting or a protest or just with, you know, in a, a community, large or small, if you can share that through social media, through videos, you're teaching other people what it looks and feels like to stand strong, whether that's be walking into a capital and not moving in the face of tyranny and, you know, or whether that's going and showing what it looks like to band together and create alternate systems of schooling and of business. I mean, I think when you talk to Carlos and Renette at the community level, a lot of us are working also on how to reimagine what it means to be a business. And that is trying to cut the systems of control around us because if if we can be controlled if we they can leverage whether it be licenses or or various things over us then they have a way to control us because they control our livelihood so things like um, pmas which are private membership associations these are things that we as a humanity need to start talking about and we're we're really pioneering this together so as one little business or town talks about it we need to share it across the board so that we're not reinventing the wheel blindly in towns and communities around the globe and um so I have so much more I could say, but I don't want to take up too much time. No, that, that, that's beautiful. I, I love the way you, you really humanized um, the, the fire in this, in this discussion. And I love that. And especially talking about the kids and about the fact that, in a sense, the tyranny that's afflicting the schoolroom right now is sticking little kids behind polythene cages. That is something so, so disgusting, yeah. so, mm-hmm. such an affront to the soul of humanity that it's stark black and white. It's perverse. It's depraved and it's institutionalized and it's showing the true color of that thing called government in point of fact, which of course we know the word means control mind, mind control. Government is a technology, it's a software, it's a mutant Atlantean software that in that sense is over uh, well past its sell-by date and and ought to be regulated off the shelves by the FDA. Oops, I forgot, the FDA (laughs) is the government, but you get my point. Um, thank you for, for humanizing the conversation a bit. I still suspect that the Carlos 
as Zapatas and uh, Dr. Cordy Williams is of this world with megaphones and with muscle are going to have to kick uh, a few doors in uh, to bring about this uh, this logic stream. But Carlos, please, brother, um, take the floor for a few minutes and uh, speak about the status quo. All right. So I appreciate you guys saying everything you said. I think it really is resonating with people, you know, and I think we have a really captive audience right now that's hanging on our words. So I think the things that we say are very, very important at this time. Um, You know, this whole, I never intended to be part of this movement. You know, I always just thought I'd be the guy in the shadows, voicing my opinion of my friends, you know, and and trying to do what I can, but own in by a gal that I know that's a big, big mover and shaker. She's actually risen up as a very outstanding leader here in our community, Alyssa McEwen. I would love for her to be on your program at some point, you know, and, um, she put me to the front of the line at this county supervisors meeting and, and I, uh, I I did exactly what Tara said that we should do, which is speak from the heart and tell them the gravity and the seriousness of our own personal situations. And I think that's why this thing grew legs is because uh, I, I'm your average guy, I'm your average business owner, you know, uh, I, I think I'm every American and I think that's why it's resonated with, with so many people. But something you said, Sasha, that we are returning to a more agricultural society is something I've been saying for a while now is that they don't want us to be agrarian. They want us to be uh, in, in these cubicles. You know, they want us to be in those cities where they where they can count us and control us. You know, they don't want us farming. They don't want us raising animals. They don't want us raising our children in the wide open where they can develop creative minds, you know, and, and creative thoughts. They, they want to absolutely control us. And uh, when this thing started at first, I think we were all respectful enough and mindful enough to maybe give them the benefit of the doubt for a couple of weeks, you know, to flatten the curve. So we shut down respectfully and we did what we thought we had to do at the time, but it quickly became apparent that this is absolutely tyrannical, you know, and I don't even understand. I can't even wrap my head around how people cannot see that now with all the data and, and uh, just, and, you know, and I, and I hate the whole data science argument because at the end of the day, I don't live my life by, data and science i live my life by common sense and they want to tell you that common sense is 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 not uh rational and i think it's the most rational thing you know uh every decision that we make throughout the day to keep ourselves alive is based on common sense you know i don't see anybody pulling out a book or consulting doctors every time they leave the house you know uh but that's what they want you to do and to the point now uh you know uh, that, that was spoken to earlier where our governor now has gone to the next level of of offense, if you will, of insulting us by saying, "Now I'm not going to listen to the CDC. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't matter, you know, what, what they're telling us now, because I'm going to have my own group of quote unquote scientists and doctors, you know. And one thing I appreciate about guys like Cordy and, and my wife, or you know, she's a nurse here at the hospital, you know, uh, medical professionals who are actually telling us the truth and saying, "Look." This thing's a hoax, you know. This is a, a, an exercise in mind control, not an exercise in actually keeping people safe. And although my, my biggest concern right now is that although we might recover economically eventually, I, I'm afraid we're not going to recover from the psychological effects of this on our children and, and ourselves, you know, because uh, they've pushed us to a point that uh, that, that we're starting to be, believe. It's become part of our DNA to believe that the government uh, can control us, that we should succumb to whatever they tell us to do. And that's a terrible thought. You know, that's a line that we never should have crossed, and here we are. So, um, 
so that's kind of where we're at right now, you know, and, and like you said, Sasha, you know, there comes a time when guys like me and Cordy and millions of our brothers and sisters, you know, we will kick down doors and, and that's where I come in. That's where I get excited, you know. Uh, <laughs> what is, uh, can I ask you, Carlos, what is historically, what is the, uh, what is the punishment for treason in middle America in history, throughout history? It's death. <laughs> the punishment right. for treason is death. Okay. You know, the uh, death penalty. I, History, history does have a, a wonderful uh, tendency to repeat itself. And I, I really wouldn't be surprised that if these sons of bitches, excuse my, my language, uh, continue with this, um, with this totalitarianistic um, pandemonium, uh, I, I genuinely do begin to see, uh, I grew up in a war in Africa, and, and to some great extent, I've seen uh, how uh, reckless human beings become when all bets are off the table and, uh, and guns are put in both sides' hands. It starts to get really nasty. Um, and I, I genuinely begin to see uh, a time uh, looming uh, in, in America and elsewhere in the world where good people of the world are just going to pick up pitchforks, bread knives, um, baseball bats and shotguns and drag this evil class of technocrat out uh, from their salaried pensioned enclaves and beat them to death in the market square or uh, dunk them in the village pond. Uh, Rainette, back to you. You've been on both sides of the equation. Uh, are, are people on the wrong side of the line aware of the fact that history has a tendency to repeat itself? I think most people aren't really that aware of their history. That's why we're getting away with it in the first place, right? Historical knowledge is been systematically removed from our educational yeah. system. That's why we're in this pickle. Um, but you're right. And to be honest, I'm, I'm a take to the streets kind of person. I mean, I went to Standing Rock. I went to Zuccotti Park and Occupy Wall Street. I mean, that's I've been waiting. I've been waiting on the yellow line for years. Like, where is everybody? Um, but right now, I have to say that I think uh, Carlos hit upon this, which is there has already been psychological warfare that has taken place. They have absolutely scared the parents to death right now. And now what they're doing is they're systematically working on the children. And we literally have a matter of days. I want to say this is my message to the parents. Parents. All you need to do is think about, let's say, for instance, in Bali, right, or in, in, in Asia, where they take elephants, baby elephants from their mothers. They put them in cages. And what they do in a matter of a days is they torture that child. They make them feel isolated, and they let them know their mother's not going to come and save them. And when they get done with them in a matter of a few days, that elephant, that baby elephant's soul and spirit is broken. This is what your government and your school administrators are doing right now with your children. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go on YouTube and look for baby elephants, right? Getting into, in, in, you know, being trained and broken. This is what's happening to the children. This is why I was outraged yesterday on Facebook going off. Because when I saw the photographs of our local schools doing this to children and then parents saying, oh, it's not that bad. They're so adaptable. This is my response. You don't want your children to adapt to this. That's the last thing you want. So... The thing is right now is the parents have been conditioned and they're afraid. Now they're working on their children. We have a matter of a few days, really, or a week or so, not very long at all. And what we need to do is be able to reach out to the parents and give them options. Because right now, they're working class, they're bandwidth is stretched, they're already maxed, they're exhausted. Psychologically, they're just they're ripped to shreds. And so what we've been doing is talking about how can we reach those parents? Do we as activists have to line ourselves up on the sidewalk? I kid you not. With a sign, a series of signs that tells a story, we know you're between a rock and a hard place. We know this is difficult. We know you feel alone. But here, go to this website. Go here. Go to this meeting. Do we have to do that? Because social media 
is not working, right? We're, we're so censored, right? Our government is lying to us. The newspapers won't report the real story. The radio stations in Nevada City have actually been taken over. Our own KDMR radio station was shut down months ago during the quarantine when it began. So we have no way really to reach these parents. So what do we have to do? Get on the streets and say we, we sympathize with you, but this is what you can do? And one other thing. We do have, thank God, the Constitution. So there's something you could do right now is read the Constitution, get familiar with it, because we do have constitutional uh, lawyers out there who are creating their assemblies. They're going back to the Constitution, holding the electives' feet to the fire, saying you guys are absolutely unconstitutional. You are committing crimes against humanity. And they are not only doing the assemblies, but they are actually submitting color of law documentation to our elected officials. And they are literally right now in Nevada County Putting them, putting them on warning. Like, this is it. You guys, we're going to warn you right now, but we're going to use the Constitution and we're going to use it against you. And so we have to go back to the Constitution. So that's a little a little homework I would give to all of your listeners today is read that Constitution and know what your fundamental laws are right now and how violated it's all being. Um, so that's where I would start. But just know that we have got to be able to reach the parents right now because the press is not reaching them, even social media is not reaching them. And that means we have to actually get onto the sidewalk when the parents are picking up their children and driving them away. And we have signs as activists telling them what they need to do, where they can go. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to do. But seriously, Sasha, we do not have much time. These children are literally being, uh, they're under psychological warfare right now in those classrooms. Indeed, and, and as, as we've discussed in previous uh, panels, uh, we're dealing with a huge complex uh, issue because it's, it's, we're talking about uh, generations of citizens, good citizens, who've not only been uh, dream-spelled um, by this Babylonian mysterium cult logic um, and the dialectic of, 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 of democracy and uh, party politics and, you know, Republican democracy and all of that ping-pong bullshit that ultimately only uh, leads us into cultural dissonance and a, a state of abject confusion and then even worse hatred uh, at the social uh, level where we're just pitting uh, ignorance against ignorance on both sides of the divide and that was the the purpose of course by these illumined vipers uh, that issued essentially out of the um, Vatican complex and snaked their way uh, from the Phoenicians to the Vatican, uh, Roman Catholic Church, all the way through the crown, the crowns of Europe, and then the Anglo-American Corporation Compact, which then, you know, emerged as the quadrillion dollar war machine uh, in America, which was used essentially and driven by these transnationalists using America to beat the shit out of the rest of the planet and ransack Libya, Afghanistan, Iraq, you name it. and, and, and that weaponization of the human family is something that the entire world is in a state of trauma uh, from and against. But at the same time, the good citizens of America have been poisoned systemically uh, with the soil, the glyphosates and the, the phosphates and the barium raining down from the geoengineering and the chemtrails. So the nanoparticulates that have embedded in the bodies of 300 plus million souls and the fluoridization of the municipal water supplies, the glyphosates in the food, we're we're talking about systemic poisoning, mind, body, and soul. It's very difficult for the average human being to awaken from that deep, deep slumber because ultimately the, the conspiracy was to reduce the prosperous, abundant, pioneering, noble Christian into 
being a plantation slave 2.0, a wage slave. And that's what the over or 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 even worse, are thrown into the ghetto. You know, and on food stamps and all the rest of it. And if people of good people of America understood that you are not a living soul in the eyes of the establishment, the government. You are a treasury bond, my friends. You're a birth registration certificate. You're flipped into a bond, a treasury bond. You have a number allocated and a, a value, which is a small percent of the Commonwealth. When you go to prison, and many of you will, because the entire orchestration conspires to penalize you as much as possible and to trip you up with this statute or that statute or this ordinance or that uh, code. It's designed to trip you up, to put you into prison, especially if you're underprivileged and of darker skin persuasion. Why is that? That, my friends, is because you are worth more to the banksters as a prison bond than you are as a living person's treasury bond. That is the true Babylonian science and the obfuscation or the stealth tactics of real banking that is behind the Federal Reserve and the uh, U.S. Treasury Department historically operating at the behest of the Bank and the Crown of England and the Vatican complex using the Federal Reserve, the International Finance Corporation, the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. Essentially, I've described the apparatus of evil that fictionalized you beautiful living souls into bonds. Now, to break the dream spell is going to require a lot of people awakening from within that spell binding. And whether you are required to tear up your passports or set fire to the paperwork, the fiction of your reality, I don't know what it's going to take. But I do know it's going to take an absolute comprehension that you are not regarded as living souls by the establishment, by the government, either local, municipal or federal. There are good people in government at the at the local level and at the at the federal level. Be sure of that. Even at the multilateral level, I know I I, I worked amongst them at the United Nations um, some years ago. I was very very close to that culture, and I recognize I was doing it as a Trojan horse to learn. It's how I, immer I became a director general in the IGO sector of the United Nations. And I wanted to see for myself whether all government was evil, whether the establishment was actually, it, it wasn't. I discovered that it was 98, 99% good people trapped in bad systems. But there was an evil technocracy. And that, my friends, is pure evil. It is Sabbatean. It is of Jesuitical tradition. It snaked its way into the corporations masquerading as governments by design. And these deviants want you either dead or very much a zombie. So wage slaves and the zombification of humanity by the dumbing down using uh, the mutancy of academia, the Hollywood and media machinery. Uh, all of that is a conspiracy to reduce you into being a zombie or a drone. Uh, and, and ultimately, we are talking about a harvest of life force. So when they're trying to turn your babies in classrooms into, into segregation and to move them apart from one another, separate them at the psionic level, the level of consciousness, it's very 
very serious stuff because now we're talking about luciferianism yeah we're talking about ritual satanic abuse tiptoeing now into the classroom this is what they do i've taken testimonies from countless survivors and generational satanists in the international tribunal and the judicial commissions and i can tell you that myself and the commissioners and the councils and the judges have heard and learned the most horrific things which i will not repeat here but i can tell you that a standard thing that they would do was slash the throat of puppies and kittens oh. of the kids in these satanic cults because the kids were first allowed to befriend the puppy then they would come in and slash the throat of the puppy yeah. in front of the kid the kids became oh, traumatized but used to the idea of the perversion of of inverting logic that is what is being done to your kids right now in middle america in the classroom it is one step away from that kind of blood cultism trust me you are being set up like lambs for the slaughter i'm going to leave my rant Uh, at that uh, Carlos please your last words before i hand the baton uh, to Tara and then back to Renee uh, to close Sasha i love what you said about inverting logic i'm going to use that because that's what i feel i feel like i said this the other day that we no longer know what's truth what's up what's down what's left what's right we have no idea we've been put into the centrifuge you know of confusion and that's exactly what they're going to you know prey on so we need to be not confused i think we need to be laser focused and we need to have a plan and we need to set a date out there we can no longer you know just keep having these kinds of conversations you know without any actual bottom line so we need to set our bottom line we need to stick to it and we need to act now because the time's short raynette hit it on the head when she said we don't have weeks we have days and i don't think we have days i think we're we're past due now uh so we need to cross a line to partner together you know with a serious plan of action. So, I appreciate you guys everything you said Sasha. I would love to stay in contact with you and, and Raynette and, and Tara, you know, I mean, this is amazing. This is probably out of all the uh podcasts and shows I've been doing over the last week, you know, this is by far I think the most informative and, and the most intelligent. So, thank you for that call. So, what I'll do is take a lead off that. I'll deal uh, with uh, talk to Raynette and to Imani and we'll work out a a line in the sand event, a real line in the sand event. and we'll bring some heavyweights from around the world in and focus around what you've just said. Thank you for that. Thank you. Tara, uh, please your closing comments. Um yes, thank you. Um it I, again, I agree a line in the sand because it is peaceful non-compliance that is what we have to do to move the needle on this. And as Renat knows too, um I my I've been working on models, showing models of resistance. The entire globe is under the same agenda. Some terrains going to be easier to battle from. And the more local you are too, uh the you know, my thing is to work locally. Yeah, there's no substitution for getting out into the street, to get out and talk to your neighbors, to talk to your family, to walk the town that you live in, to fight the corner, the ground that you stand on and and build from there. It's how we it's how we form collectives to um educate differently how to um it's how we hold the elected and appointed public um officials in to you know hold their feet to the fire in the proverbial public town square um because until they until they feel the pressure of that they will not course correct they have proven over the last 6 months there will be no course correct unless they are dragged into the light of day and held accountable um You spoke of uh uh kicking in the doors and I'm so um I, I am so grateful to be standing with the men and women um 
of this world that are ready to do that and have been doing that. Uh, you know, today's um, the 28th of August. I want to say two years or one year ago on August 30th, um, we started civil disobedience in California against this tyrannical regime. It was the vaccine mandates and the giving of power to public health through legislation, legislative processes. And three of us, this is how the Freedom Angels was formed. We were already advocating and fighting for years, but we got to the point where we said, okay, you cannot play by the rules when the rules are corrupt. When they're tyrannical at its core, you cannot play by them. And we stood on chairs and said, we're done. Drag us away, arrest us, do whatever you have, you want to do, but we will not move and we won't be silenced. And it was in that moment, I want to tell you, we ended up, you know, playing it. We didn't know, we thought we'd be dragged away that we thought they were gonna arrest us on the spot. They didn't, they deliberated and decided not to. And then what we did was I leaned over to Heidi and Denise who are my partners in Freedom Angels. And I said, well, let's start chanting. And we started chanting, you have not represented California for all. It was throwing the cognitive dissonance back in them. You know, you haven't represented. And I wanna tell you, we did that for almost two hours. And as we chanted, I could feel a portal open like it was I was sustained through um, through the connectivity of all that is aligned and is all that's holding that space and we chanted for hours and then from they, they did not arrest us but from there um, we did an 11 day occupy of the Capitol and we locked moms were locked to the doors of the Capitol we shut the place down we chanted and pounded on walls we did not let them you know do this silently and behind the you know the cover of darkness and i want to tell people that we lost that battle in that 11 day occupy um we in on the ninth of the seventh day was actually when they passed the bill we stayed after and we shut the capital down at every level had a seven eight arrests grandparents moms nursing moms and at the end of that day after a near year-long battle on this we had lost and we knew what we lost, but I can't tell you the number of parents that said to me, I know we just lost that battle, but that was the best day of my life. Beautiful. Because they stood together and said, you don't get to have that control over us. We reject the tyranny, we reject that narrative. It's not our truth and we will not accept it. And that's the moment in time that we're in. I was arrested on May 1st at the Capitol in California. Our group Freedom Angels has held most of the things you see at the Capitol. But really, um, you know, when I was standing there that day, we were on the grounds for hours and hours. It was like a big July 4th party, thousands of people there peacefully assembling or redressing of grievances. And when Newsom brought six to 700 CHP out and told them to forcibly remove us from the Capitol grounds, I stood there, I had complete faith and conviction to not move because I said to myself, in myself, I was like, okay, I see where it's going. Um, and I said, well, I believe, and I tell people, this is our state's highest public town square. And on this ground, my First Amendment right to peacefully assemble and redress grievance is most fervently protected. And it was, and because I know that to be true, um, I was like, well, this is answer. My answer is easy. I cannot move. I will not move. I will stand my ground. And they arrested us. And, you know, that was May 1st. And overnight, 
I can tell people, I, you know, we became a face of, uh, you know, the arrested COVID resistance in the world. And it wasn't a comfortable space. I mean, being lead, you know, working in the what's called the anti-vax movement, which is actually health freedom. It's actually fighting on constitutional human rights against the pharma and big data cartels um, in the new world order. Um, it, it's it. I want to tell you from my space that there isn't a person out here that doesn't already have what's in, in needed already inside them to take this stand and turn this around. And thank you. No, very beautiful. That's wonderful because you bring you bring the message back down to exactly what it should be, which is the the Christed light that is I- I- intrinsic and innate uh, within each one of us, and it simply waits for us to cohere to that flame in those kinds of moments that you faced and that Carlos has faced. And I, I, I know Renetta has faced. I've certainly faced a number of occasions on the front line. Um, when you're standing in, in, in the grace of God, so to speak, which is what we're describing, you are limitless, you are ineffable, you are majestic in your capacitance and in your power. That is where true power I- exists. And in that, in that space, uh, you know, you know with absolute authority that you command the outcome, that there is no temporal agent uh, that has any power or thrall over that state of grace. And that's precisely the flaming of the Christed consciousness that must now return to middle America. And that's why you're burning. That's why California is on fire. The east and west coast uh, of, of, of America are the most under threat, the most weaponized in a sense. And that's because the goodly middle part of America is pretty rational and sane and holding on to its guns. But uh, thank you for that beautiful message. I, I loved hearing those words. And Renette, last words to you, four minutes to the top of the hour, and then we'll invite uh, Imani to close. You know, I, I would actually encourage us. I do know that there's rumblings in Australia that's giving us a, a perfect example of what our future holds, that they're going to be doing a big protest, um, at least in Victoria, if not throughout the whole entire country, on um, September 5th. Perhaps what I could recommend is we can do our own protests throughout the United States or California um, on September 5th or maybe on the 4th, which is a Friday, uh, in solidarity. Um, this gives us a week to really rally everybody. And maybe we could also really suggest are for those parents who are taking their children to school every day or throwing them onto a bus and they have that terrible knot in their soul, right? They just know, even though they're hearing this all the time, be afraid, be very afraid, do as we say or else there's a knot inside their their soul. What we do is we encourage those parents on that day, so Friday would actually be better, to pull their children out of school in solidarity with Australia and actually go down to the Capitol or go to our county supervisors. We can be very direct and go right to our supervisors, right? And surround those buildings and let them know that we're drawing the line. But that would be the best thing I could actually encourage us to do right now is to build ourselves in such a way that we're in solidarity with our brothers and sisters who are literally in lockdown right now and, and showing us quite clearly what our future is. So that I'll wrap it up with that. But I, I think that uh, I wish we could do it faster, to be honest, because those are precious five days. Those children are going to be um, uh, tortured even more. But I think that will give us enough time to really put the word out. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you all. Yes, Renette, uh, you know, Cal- uh, no, Canada is drawing the line. There's an event coming up on uh, August 29th. And yes, uh, all of Australia is drawing the line on September 5th. And we'll be doing a live prior to that. 
with some of those warriors. And we also have um, some of the mothers of vaccine injured children, as well as uh, Serena, who's a, a lawyer over there fighting for families. You know, I think the thing that you said, Sasha, and, and what we're here as part of the new earth is to connect that grace of God, that light within everyone around the world. So I know many of us on here today are representing for the U.S., both the East and West Coast. I'm the, the East Coast representative. But, you know, as a mom who has six children and has homeschooled all of them um, for most of their schooling, I, I really want to speak out to that, Renette, and the mothers and fathers, the parents with these children that are being sacrificed. And, and I think that Sasha articulated that so well because this inversion of logic um, that's happening and what we're subjecting our children to, if we are willing to do that, and that's what we need to remember, the willingness and the consent to subject our children to this insanity. And so I think, you know, what you had said, Carlos, of like this serious plan of action, that's what we're all about. This is not just having the conversations. This is about taking action. And that's what drawing the line is, whether it's a big event or if it, whether it's right now in this moment, taking action today in whatever world, whatever little um, ecosystem that you're in. I think there's a lot of resources out there. And one of them is Pam Popper. She's uh, successfully reached 75,000 families that are choosing to homeschool. So I just want to put that resource out there. I put it in the link, makeamericansfreeagain.com. They are actually helping families, um, you know, switch over to homeschooling. So that's one thing that if you're a parent out there in the U.S. and your kids are going to school, that you can reach out, that there's support. So I just want to put that out. And again, if you're not on our list at reclaimyourlives.com, these are the things we'll be launching the website with the knowledge hub and the resources that we're gathering. And, you know, thank you, Carlos, because a lot of the intention between these conversations, Sasha is an activist with his linguistics. And so it's it, he has the ability to wake people up with his words and bringing um, warriors like all of you Amazing. into the conversation to really show that we are hitting the streets. We are taking action. We do not consent. We are not willing that that's the the impetus. And that is the 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 energy behind what we're here to do so i thank everyone for tuning in thank you sasha again for um your gift for humanity and for all of you for showing up and there will be more to come we will be in touch this is not the first conversation thanks everybody for tuning in and uh stay strong and we're with all of you all over the world thank God you bless, all guys. So, great meeting yeah. you thank you thank you guys you guys are great okay so um Hold on a second. Sorry about that. Um, that was pretty uh, strong, um, rebellious tone that I heard in their voices. And I think that we're finally getting to where we should be. We should have been there a couple of months ago. And now we're up to the line on uh, making a stand that... You know, we're not going to put up with um, our children uh, having to be afraid to go to school. But this uh, conversation started out in regard to the fires in California. And I want to go back to that for a moment because this has been something that has happened not once, not twice, but several times in the past. I used to live in California and I used to live very close to where those fires are and it really bothers me um, and it I'm trying to find the piece of paper that um, 
that Sasha said uh, about the fires. Where did I put that? I don't see it here. Anyway, I believe he said it was a, a directed energy weapon or something like that. I don't have the paperwork. I don't know what I did with it. Um, anyway, um, and then I also saw that the lightning was coming from the ground. And that was... Um, a clip that I saw someplace else. So it was a deliberately set fire. Um, I can say that from what I saw. It, I mean, it was not natural. So it went from there, and then it went into um, a lot of the other information about the schools and um, resisting what they're telling us to do and, you know, getting together and, and demonstrating the way that we feel and saying no and taking our kids out of school and, you know, just resisting everything that they tell us. So I wanted to um, go over that. If I find the paperwork um, where I, I had the wording that Sasha gave in regard to the fires, um, I'll let you know. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.